Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. The Green Bay Packers are about to embark on one of the most important drafts in their franchise history. The Packers have four premium picks, two in the first round and two in the second in the draft, which starts Thursday night. So what positions do the Packers need to address in the draft? And will they wheel and deal to find the right players to fill their roster holes? Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks again for joining Rob Reichel, the ace Packers reporter, and I for a special edition of a Packers pre-draft podcast. Hello, Rob. How you doing there? You, you ready to play GM there, Mr. Wolfel? Oh, I'm always ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a day goes by when you and I don't think it's something, right? That they should uh, do. A- absolutely. It's it, it's really a shame they're wasting our talents in the media, right, Gary? And in, instead of running a team somewhere. <laughs> Let, let's really take a deep dive into the draft now, and uh, you know it's going to be held Thursday night. And uh, if, if you're a member of Packer Nation, uh, you you got to be fired up. They they got four premium picks and. Uh, two in the first, two in the second, as I mentioned at the outset. And, uh, you know, Brian Gutekunst, he's going to wheel and deal probably. So, Robin, your, your humble estimation, how important is this draft for the Packers? Oh, I mean, it, it, it's their biggest one in several years, Gary, when you look at it kind of in a couple different ways. They've, they, they, they've got a handful of holes, first of all, to, to, to go and, and fill uh, based on the hits they took this offseason in free agency. Obviously, it starts with wide receiver. Having lost Devontae Adams and, and, and Valdez Scantling, um, you know, second, they've got to replenish a lot of the depth they lost on the offensive line. Three starters, Gary, from, from that NFC uh, divisional playoff game against the 49ers are gone. And, and third, they desperately need another edge rusher to pair with Preston Smith and, and Rashawn Gary. You know, so, so right away, Gary, they, they've got some glaring needs that they've got to take care of. And, and you mentioned it. They, they do have the firepower and the ammunition, 11 picks overall, two in the first, two in the second. Gutekunst can, can make a lot happen with those picks. But then, Gary, the second half of this puzzle comes down to they are really looking at probably a two-year window now with Aaron Rodgers, maybe three if he plays this thing out uh, contractually. But, but he's really year to year at this point, Gary, the way that contract was structured and, and drawn up. And, and we're going to go through this offseason drama of will he or won't he now every offseason that, that he remains in Green Bay based on how that contract was structured. Uh, but, Gary, let, let's say they have him for two more years. And I, I think that's a fair guess at this point in time. Anything more than that, you know, might be gravy for Packer Nation. Gary, I mean – that, that, that's a very tight window. That's a short amount of time uh, for them to chase the Super Bowl ring. And right now, after the hits they took in free agency, again, Devontae Adams, Darius Smith, three guys up front on the offensive line, some other p- positions were picked at a little bit. They are, to me, Gary, a couple steps behind the Rams. Um, they're behind Tampa Bay uh, and, and Tom Brady. They're probably on a par, I would say, with a Dallas or a San Francisco at this point in time. Maybe I, I see Philly as a team that's going to rise up a little bit again this year. But, Gary, for them to chase the Super Bowl, 
this draft has to be an A plus, uh, uh, an A, one of those kind of levels. They, mm. Out of those four picks that they have in the first two rounds, they've got to get themselves three really good players. It's, it, it's going to be extremely hard for them to go four for four. Teams just don't do that. You miss somewhere along the way. But they've got to hit on three of these guys, and they've got to get a couple of guys who come in and contribute immediately, especially at that wide receiver position, which is really, really weak right now. It's probably one of the worst two or three groups in all of football. So to answer your question from the start, I mean, there is no doubt. This this is probably the most important draft Gutekunst has had. It's one of the two or three biggest they've had since Aaron Rodgers took over at quarterback. And it's, you know, a, a, a lot in terms of how – things play out the next two or three years the last couple of years of Rodgers as a Packer Gary are going to come down to how this draft plays out you know if you are a card carry member of Packer Nation I mean, you got to have a lot of faith in Brian Gutekunst uh, I think he's had nine picks in his tenure as the Packers GM that fell into the first or second round okay he's hit on seven of them okay he missed out in Jackson right and then, of course, the jury is still out in Jordan Love. So uh, his track record is pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, if he comes close to replicating that uh, this this week, uh, the Packers are going to be in mighty fine shape. Let, let's do this, Rob. Let, let's go down the four biggest priorities for the Packers. I, I'll go with my first one and see if you agree. And... Uh, that would be receiver to me, as you just brought up before, a gaping hole the size of the Grand Canyon. Somehow, some way, they have to get a great receiver out of this draft. Gary, I might even put receiver as their number one and two need at this point in time. I mean, it would, it, it would not shock me if they went wide receiver at 22 and 28, if they stayed put. And, and, and held those particular picks. I know they have other needs as well, but, but they have done that in the past, Gary, where they've loaded up at a certain position in right. the draft that they clearly had weaknesses at, you know, dating all the way back to the late nineties when, when Randy Moss showed up in the division and, and, and torched them in, in the 98 season. And then in the, in the 99 draft, Ron Wolf went corner, corner, corner to start that draft with three straight corners. Um, you're right, Gary. There's no question about it. This this current group of wide receivers they have is, is remarkably weak since losing, I mean, Devontae Adams. You, you lost, you know, a third, 40% of your wideout production when, when you traded Adams for the one and the two. Um, you, you look at this group right now, Alan Lazard can't run. Sammy Watkins, I don't even think he's a guarantee to make the team, Gary. The way they've the way they've structured that contract, they wouldn't take any any real particular hits if he doesn't. You look at Randall Cobb, he hasn't played a full season. I, I think since 2014 was, was the year that I wrote uh, when, I, when I did that story recently, a story on that recently, Gary. And, uh, and then Amari Rogers, who was just dreadful as a rookie. Those, those in theory, I guess, would be your top four at this point in time. You got, you got two slot guys in there as well with, with Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb sharing that job. You talk about the guys who are going to line up outside. I, I don't know that Watkins is on the team. Lazard is probably best suited to be a three on a championship level kind of football team. So really at this point in time, Gary, they, they need a one and they need a two. Um, Sammy Watkins, who they signed in, you know, off the street about 10 days ago from the time we're doing this podcast, 
just, uh, you know, it, it has just slipped dramatically over the last couple of years. He had career lows last season in Baltimore in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, he spent three seasons prior to that, Gary, with the Chiefs. And in those three years playing with Patrick Mahomes, he had six touchdowns. You know how many he had in his first game as a Chief, Gary? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. He had three. Wow. So, in his, so in his next 47 games with that organization, regular season games, that is, he had three more touchdowns, and then he had one touchdown last year. So really, in the last four years, he's found the end zone four times. I mean, he's came out an uh, unbelievably highly regarded player out of Clemson, was the fourth pick in the draft when, when, when Buffalo took him uh, back in that 2014 draft, which ironically is when Devontae Adams went as well. He went at pick 53. Sammy Watkins went at pick four. And Devontae Adams has had five times the career up till now that, that Sammy Watkins had. So, you know, if, if the Packers think they're going to strike gold and they, and they found a guy who's going to catch 75 balls next year or something like that, they're, they're, they're fooling themselves. Sammy yeah. Watkins is a three. I, I don't think that's Alan, the case. It's a three Gary. I mean, Cobb at this point in time, if you get eight games out of him, you're probably lucky. And, and Amari Rogers hasn't showed you anything. So back to your initial point, there's no question wide receiver is far, far, far and away the number one need uh, for this team. The good news for them is it's a first round that's loaded with wide, you know, uh, that's loaded with first round wide receiver talent. So I think they're going to have to move up Gary. I think they're going to have to play around the board um, to, to get the guy they want. I don't think they can be patient and sit back and, and wait at 22 and wait at 28 to, to get certain guys. I think Gary between about picks, Oh, let's call it 10 and 20. You're going to see a run on wide receivers. Five, six of them could go in that range. And, and if Gutekunst just sits back and waits for a certain guy to fall to him, I think he's going to end up being disappointed. Last week I tweeted out Rob that uh, Julio Jones wants to play for the Packers. And Great. what is my mailman? <laughs> so I take it by your response that you want no part of that. Gary, I, I just, I think signing wide receivers on the wrong side of 30 mm-hmm. that are clearly spiraling downward in their careers just is, isn't a recipe. It's, it's not a path to success to pass teams now, like the Rams, the Buccaneers. And that's just on your side of the conference. I mean, look at the AFC, there's four five, six teams over there. You would argue right now are better than green Bay, starting with Buffalo and Kansas city. And, you know, not now going to Denver with Russell Wilson and, and, and the chargers and, and Tennessee and, and maybe Baltimore, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, green Bay has got to find a way, Gary, all that, all that's acceptable right now in this franchise in these final couple of years with Rodgers is to win a Super Bowl, not getting to the playoffs, not winning, you know, your division again for the 37th time in a row or something like that. The fan base doesn't care, Gary. All anybody remembers from last season is 13 to 10, the playoff loss to San Francisco. Um, nobody went out to Coles and got their, you know, NFC North championship shirts. It's irrelevant <laughs> right now. And in yeah. the mid nineties, Gary, that was wonderful because yeah. they hadn't done it in, you know, the better part of three decades. So when Ron Wolf brought all that back with, with Favre and Reggie and Holmgren, that, that was great. Run to the pro shop and, and get all the merchandise you can. If, if you find a way to, to beat the bears and the Vikings and the lions and the Buccaneers back then and, and win your division, nobody cares about that anymore. All that matters is how do you get past the six or eight elite teams that are probably ahead of you right now? 
in, in the entire NFL. And Gary, Julio Jones is not a way to do that. Okay. So uh, you're saying receiver. I'm saying receiver number number one. And you said possibly number two. Now, my number two position of need for the Packers is defensive end. Uh, I've always felt that the Packers, outside of Kenny Clark's uh, performance last year, it has been mediocre at best. And to me, they have to address the other defensive end uh, situation. Your, your second pick. Now, just saying that they don't take receiver with your second pick. Yeah, you know, my, my second area of need for them, Gary, because, you know, they, they did sign Jerron Reed in, in free agency, and, and I think they're going to get solid play out of him. I think he's going to be better maybe paired up front, than, you know, in terms of what they've put out on the field the last, the last few years. I, I think that's going to turn out to be an underrated, pretty good signing for them. I, I think it's an area of need, no question, Gary, defensive line, but I, I think they can address it, you know, maybe in the middle rounds or starting in round true, three. True. I, I think they need another edge rusher. You, 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 you certainly saw in that 49er playoff game when Zadarius Smith uh, came back and, and uh, at least was relatively healthy. Um, and, and you've seen it at times, certainly at the end uh, of the 2020 season when Rashawn Gary was really, trending upward at that point in time uh, the combination of the two Smiths and Rashawn Gary and then Kenny Clark inside was going to be absolutely dynamic that was that was going to be a deadly force and and the way to win football games right now in this league is is, is to get after quarterbacks and throw the ball uh, pretty effectively I I don't think they have enough right now with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith I think in late in that first round They've got to go get that third edge rusher, whether that's, you know, a, a kid like, you know, Carlaftis out of Purdue or, you know, Ojabo out of Michigan or, or whoever it turns out to be, Gary, yeah. somewhere at 28 there. Um, I don't know that they can wait to 53 and get a guy who's going to make an impact immediately. That's their first second round pick yeah. uh, at number 53. Highly um, doubtful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe long term, but – a lot of times you've got to get these guys early and you've got to strike early that, that to me, at least Gary, the, the, the second area of, of greatest need is edge rusher. Yeah. And, and, and my thinking is they already have two outside linebackers that, that are pretty darn good. As you mentioned that defensive end spot to me. And, and if the, the new guy comes in and performs, I, I agree, but I still, still think there's some doubt there. Um, to me, if you can find a pass rushing defensive end, uh, I, I think that would definitely <laughs> make that defense, which is already pretty darn good, even better. But uh, moving on, number three for you. Gary, I'd go offensive line. I mean, I, I really would. I, I, don't, I don't think people um, fully – I guess maybe respect is the word or, or grasp, um, you know, some of the losses that they've had here in free agency, um, you know, Billy Turner, who was a really solid player uh, at right tackle primarily for the last three years uh, was released. Lucas Patrick was a guy you could count on a uh, game in and game out on the, on the interior and Dennis Kelly, a really versatile veteran, you know, who stepped in and started late last year, when injuries kind of struck the offensive line and, and then he was the right tackle in the playoff loss to the 49ers, Lucas Patrick's on the bears today. Uh, you know, Billy Turner was, was released and 
Um, and, and Dennis Kelly is actually still on the street, but there aren't any real indications at this point, uh, Gary, that they're going to bring him back uh, to Green Bay. So you're, you're talking that you lost three starters now from, from the NFC Divisional game, and two of the guys you're going to come back and count on big time in 2022, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, and El- Elton Jenkins. Let's call him the left guard, Gary, but I certainly think there's a chance he still bounces outside and takes over that right tackle position that that is open now after after the release of Billy Turner. Both of those guys, and they are your best two offensive linemen uh, by a mile in terms of everybody we're going to talk about, uh, but both of those guys are coming off you know, ACL injuries, major knee injuries. Bakhtiari pretty much was, was a non-factor in 2021 and, and, and couldn't suit up for, for the playoff game or couldn't give it a go uh, at left tackle that night after playing 20-some snaps the, the week prior, two weeks prior against the Lions. You know, Jenkins did his, Gary, hit, tore his ACL in November. I mean, it's, I don't think it's yeah. unrealistic to say he's going to miss half the season. Um, yeah. So now no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, that that's who I had is the offensive line is number three. Um, well, we'll get into players a little bit later that could yeah. be a possible prospect. My fourth one, and this might surprise some people, is inside linebacker, and I, I think Barnes has overachieved. I, th- I think he's done a really good job all things considered, but if they can find somebody else that's better, uh, that, that would be one of my first four choices, not necessarily in the first round, but, but definitely in the second round. Yeah. Now is when I'd go to defensive line, Gary. So I, I went wide out outside linebacker, you know, in essence, edge rusher. Yeah. Offensive line third. And now I, now I would go up front and, th- and that's where I'd find a, another body. Um, you know, I, I guess in theory today, the, the, the starters would be Kenny Clark at nose, right? Dean Lowry spent the, the left defensive end for years, and, and, and Jaron Reed will probably start on, on the right side. You know, the depth is minimal. It, it, it's very mediocre right now with Slayton and Heflin. Um, you know, Slayton flashed a little bit as a rookie. Heflin's an overachiever, a grinder. They could use another Another guy up there, obviously, Gary, an impact kind of player. I don't, I don't, again, if you wait till round three, you're probably not going to find an impact player, at least for, for 2022. You'll, 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 you'll get a guy who will be part of a, your rotation. But um, they do need another rotational guy. And, and I know you had that, that spot even higher. You're counting on uh, their acquisition. Uh, I'm counting on Reed, you know, but at the same point in time, Gary, you know, they play so much nickel and dime um, yeah. over, the, over there that – Outside of Kenny Clark and, and, and Lowry, I guess, might be about 50% of the snaps. These guys just aren't on the field that much, right? So, yeah, no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. This. The, the greater needs come in your, in your back half of that defense where, right, your, your, your corners and your safeties, for example, never come off the field. Your, your, your nickel's going to play 90% of the time. Your dime's going to play, you know, two thirds of the time or 60% sure. of the snap. You know, Devondre Campbell's not going to leave the field, et cetera. You know, th- these guys up front are part of a rotational system. But there's no question, Gary, it, it, it's a need. Um, if, if they sustain an injury where Kenny Clark's out six weeks or something, that's, that's a really weak unit all of a sudden. So yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that would be number four for me, I, I guess, would be, would be the defensive line. Well, essentially, we're on the same page, you know? I mean, yep. basically, all, all four are pretty much the, the same – positions 
So watch, they'll take a cornerback. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this later too. I was going to say take a center. Uh, I'm not totally ruling that out, and I'll go into that a little bit later here. But let's break down uh, some of these positions and some of the prospects. Uh, we we don't hey, have to. Hey, Gary, I, I just want to tell the let, let's. I'll do a fifth one real quick. It's yeah. a real sneaky position of need. Um, you know, but on paper today, it looks like they are absolutely set at safety, that they have a really nice combination, right, with Amos and Savage. Well, Savage is going to be in the final year of his deal if they don't, you know, pick up that fifth-year option. And, and, and he, you know, he, he could be gone a year from now. Amos becomes a, a pretty heavy salary cap hit uh, next year. He always has been. But as they keep kicking money down the – you know, kicking the can down the street with, with, with some of these contracts – Amos is going to come come due here pretty quick where he, he he starts to take some really big chunks. He's over $8 million in 2023 in terms of what he counts against the salary cap. So don't be shocked if somewhere in those first four picks that they have, they take a third safety because I, I don't think guys, you know, right now like Vernon Scott inspire a great deal of confidence inside that defensive system. And they're going to need another starter to step in there. Probably Gary by 2023. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I tend to agree with you, but I think if they go that route, it's a major mistake to me. It's about next season. It's not two seasons from now or three seasons from now. I'm with um, you. I agree yeah, wholeheartedly they, with, with those four picks. They got to get, like you said, at least three guys that can come in and make an immediate impact. And uh, to me, they, they got more pressing needs than thinking two, three years down the road, but, but I agree it could happen. So, um, Hey, let's, let's talk about some of the uh, prospects at, at each of these positions. Uh, we don't have to go into great depth on it, but just some sure. of the names that uh, you know, fans might be aware of or might be interested in uh, starting with the wide receivers. It, it seems Rob, that there's a consensus that there's five legitimate uh, first round guys. Now there could end up being more, but those five are Garrett Wilson, Drake, London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, and trailer Burke, uh, Traylon Burks of those five, who would you like to see him take? Well, in terms of helping you immediately in 2022, it's probably Garrett Wilson, mm -hmm. you know, the, the kid out of Ohio State. Yeah. I think I think we're going to look back in three or four years, Gary, and the best wide receiver in this draft is going to be Jamison Williams, the kid from Alabama, tore his ACL in the national championship game against Georgia. I, I think he was the top five pick before this. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be a lot to ask him to to, to – to give you a whole lot in the 2022 season, but down the road, I, I think this kid is an absolute superstar. And, and what, what's really interesting, Gary is had the Packers not brought back Aaron Rodgers, let's just say they turned it over to love or maybe traded Rodgers to the Raiders for Carr instead uh -huh. of trading Adams to the Raiders. Um, and then let Adams and Carr play together in green Bay, which, right. you know, which, which, which was always my preferred solution to this thing, trade Rogers to the, to the Raiders instead of trading Adams and then pair up Adams and sure. Carr and Green Bay. But Gary, had they taken that approach and everybody would have said, maybe this is a little bit of a reload or a rebuild year, whatever you want to call it, it would make perfect sense to take Jamison Williams because you'd be playing for 2023 and 2024 and 2025. Now right. there's such a great sense of urgency 
the Packers really can't afford to take a guy like Jamison Williams and almost have him lose his rookie year in Green Bay. Again, I think he's going to be the best of the whiteouts when this is all said and done. It's just not going to happen this particular season. Yeah. Well, so so if you put put yourself in the shoes of uh, Brian Gutekunst. If you if one of those guys would be available of the five that we mentioned, okay, would you automatically take one of those five, or is there somebody on the fringe, let's say Johan Dotson or Christian Watson or Alec Pierce? Uh, do you venture beyond those five, or do you think like, hey, whoever's left from that group, I take? Boy, it, it's tricky, Gary, you know, and are you talking, taking them at 22 or taking them at 28, right? I, I think they've yeah. got a real chance. You know, some of those guys you mentioned, maybe in the back half there, Jahan Dotson, the kid out of Penn State. Now he's undersized. Is he just a slot guy? I don't know. You know, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, even of, 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 of Western Michigan. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of David Bell at, at Purdue. I think they can get him in about round three and he can make a difference. You mentioned Alec Pierce. I spent a lot of time with him at the NFL Combine. He reminds a lot of people of, of Jordy Nelson. Some of these guys we're talking about now, Gary, you can probably get uh, in the back half, you know, the, the late part of that first round right there at 28. Maybe you trade back up early into the second round. You got two second round picks, 53 and 59. You package those together for pick, let's say, 36, and you get a wide out that you like. But out of those top five, Gary, that you mentioned, uh, Garrett Wilson, again, Ohio State, Jamison Williams, Alabama, Drake London, USC, uh, Chris Olavi, again, Ohio State, and Traylon Burks, Arkansas. I'm not sure any of those guys get to 22, Gary. I really – I agree. I, really I think that's think a real possibility. part of that first round. Wilson's probably going to be the first guy off the board. Let's call it around pick 10, I, I think, is when he goes. But then you're going to see a run because what's fascinating, Gary, in the middle part of that round – you've got about seven or eight teams between picks 10 and 20 that need wide receivers almost as bad as green Bay, probably not quite as bad, but almost as bad. Yeah. As green Bay. You've got a lot of people sitting there that really, really need wide out help. And, and there's going to be a run on these guys. And then on top of it, Gary, there are eight teams right now with multiple first round draft picks, not just the Packers, but you've also got the lions, the Texans, the chiefs, the Saints, the Giants, the Jets, and the Eagles, all with two number ones. So Brian Gutekunst isn't the only guy with some firepower to get up and, you know, jump from, let's say, pick 29 to pick 17 or something like that um, and, and get the wide out of their choice. He, so he's going to be really competing with some of these other, other teams, Gary, to jump up there and get into a certain spot in the draft to, to get the wide out he wants. Um, I don't think he can sit there in this game of musical chairs and just hope there's a seat available at number 22, right? And, yep. and, that, and that guy mm -hmm. falls into his lap. He's going to have to be aggressive. And his track record is, you know, aggressiveness. He, is, he has been very, very assertive on draft night to get to where he wants uh, on the board to get his people. In, in, in 2018, his first draft, Gary, you know, he, he traded back, but then he moved back up to get Jair Alexander. Um, the next year, he moved up nine spots and he got Darnell Savage. He went up from 30 to 21. And then in, in 2020, he moved up to get Jordan Love. The, the guy, you know, he anticipated being the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. So 
you know, wh- whether he's been right or wrong on those picks is, is up for debate. Um, but he has been aggressive in terms of doing it. And uh, no I, expect, question. I expect him without question to jump up there from 22 up to maybe 14, 15, 16 and get the wide receiver that he likes best. Because again, if he waits until 22, Gary, I think that player is going to be gone. Yeah. You know, I, I go down the list. I really like Garrett Wilson a lot, but then I was talking to a player personnel director that I really respect. And he said, yeah, Wilson is one of these guys that could be a, a, a big, big hitter. But the problem with Wilson is he's not very strong. As soon as he makes the catch, he goes down. He, he doesn't have a lot of strength. So I kind of backed off on him. London has had some health issues. And I, I, to me personally, I don't like those big lanky receivers. Jamison Williams is definitely off my board. I agree with you. He could turn out to be the best wide receiver. But again, it's all about now and, and not the future. Uh, the guy I like tremendously is Chris Olave. I mean, he, he's, he's just a big-time playmaker, runs great routes, uh, great hands. And on top of that, Rob, when I, I talked to him down at the Combine in Indianapolis uh, last month, I asked him about the Packers, and the first words out of his mouth were, I would love to be a part of that franchise, you know? And it's that, that, that's, that, that struck a chord with me because when guys want to play for a team, I, I, I really believe that they become better players, that, that they're happy they're there and they want to sell. And the guy that I didn't like at all, <laughs> you know, maybe two, three weeks ago, was Traylon Burks, although the same player personnel director told me he is a guy that could be a superstar. He compared him to Des Bryant. He, he, he thought, you know, the big, strong receiver. And uh, I watched some tape the other day. My, he, you can tell my life's boring, Rob. <laughs> but uh, Traylon Burks is really, really impressive. Uh, he was in Green Bay last week. Uh, he met with all the uh, big wigs uh, in the Packers organization. He comes from a small town. And uh, what I was told by some people in the organization that he made it clear Green Bay was the place for him. He, he wants to go to a small, small city. So even though Arizona wants him, Philadelphia wants him, his preference is to go to Green Bay. Having said all that, my, my t- uh, choice would be Olavi. If Olavi isn't there, then it's Traylon Burks. And I understand, and, you know, th- these guys say all the right things in, in every city that they go to, they want to be on this team. And, and then the, the, tomorrow they're in Atlanta and they want to be a Falcon. And, and the next day they're in New York and they want to be a jet. And, and then they're on the West coast and they want to be a Raider. Right. <laughs> I mean, call me cynical Gary, but th- that's, you are, that's well, what, I, you definitely are. <laughs> that, that's what this pre-draft process is Gary. You say yeah. all the right things to all the right people in all the cities that you visit. Um, yeah. I am with you though on Alavi. I'm a big fan of Alavi. He's just, you know, he, a lot of people were surprised he came back for that senior year. They got the guy just makes plays and and he's done it all, all all the way through. My top three personally, I would start with Wilson, although he'll be long gone. I think when when Green Bay picks at at 22, assuming assuming they stay put and that that's their guy. Yeah. Jamison Williams would be my second one. I know a lot of people are worried about the medical side of that, Gary. There's, there's just so much upside. You would still take him in in this situation and say, basically you're going to blow off that spot for the, for all the next year. I wouldn't, if I was green Bay, let's say, let's say Gary, I'm a team in the middle of the league 
and I'm in a little bit of a rebuild. Let's say I'm the Falcons, right? Or let's say yes, I'm the Bears, Yes, exactly. You know, or, or I'm the Lions, right? Or I'm the Saints right now, or even yep. Seattle, right? A, 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 a team that you know has really virtually no chance to, to go and win a Super Bowl in 2022. I draft that player in a heartbeat at pick 11 or 14 or 15, somewhere in that range. If, if he is still sitting on the board, knowing that two years down the road by 2024, I might have a receiver there, Gary, that catches a hundred passes. I mean, he's, he's going to yeah. be that dynamic if his recovery uh, goes as well as, as it should as a 21 year old kid, which is, which is all Williams is. And then Olave would probably be my third guy as well, Gary. I'd, I'd go Wilson Williams, Olave. What's fascinating is all those guys were at Ohio state at one point in time together, right? Yeah, right. Williams, wound up leaving and, and went to Alabama, but boy, uh, no, no, no shortage of, of pass catchers, uh, you know, for, for the Buckeyes at, at any point along the way, but and Joe no, Burrow. I, I'm and Joe Burrow. <laughs> no doubt. Right. You I can't mean, imagine that. I mean, talk about an abundance of riches. Oh my just, God. It's just insanity. I know. No, I'm a, I'm a big Olave guy. Um, again, whether he's there at 22, I, I don't think so. I think you probably have to move into that 15 to 18 range. To, to get him because there, there is going to be a run. You're going to see Wilson go around 10 and then it's going to be Williams, London, and then maybe flip a coin between Burks and Olave. And um, you know, Burks could get to green Bay at, at, at 22. Again, the kid out of Arkansas, Gary. And, 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 and again, he's, he's an unbelievably impressive physical specimen, six, two, two and a quarter, um, a, a crazy catch radius, right into in terms of his length and his wingspan uh really good getting the ball in the air strong hands can high point the ball just just a lot to like about that mm -hmm. particular uh, particular player but you may not get um quite the immediate returns out of burks that you would say in a lave or somebody like that or I or agree. even adopt it right from Penn State. I, I think some of these guys are more nfl ready burks might be a guy that by year three gary borders on a pro bowl player, but it might take him a couple of years. Same deal with the Christian Watson kid out of North Dakota state. Again, unbelievably gifted physically, right? Six, four, two Oh eight ran a crazy good time with, with the 40, but, but he's raw, small school guy has to get a lot stronger. Could turn out to be a stud when this is all said and done, maybe a nice, maybe a nice risk pick in, you know, or, or, or just a nice pick in general. Um, if he's still on the board at 53, when your second round pick comes due, but uh, you know, Gary, when, when, when this is all said and done, no matter how this plays out, um, you know, that there is no question to me, Gutekunst has to get a guy who you can almost circle immediately and say, this guy needs to be your number one in, in 2022. Yeah. And the best guess on that, the best guy to me, the, the guy who can do that immediately is Wilson. Um, I don't think they get at him. So now you target Olave, and that might be the guy who comes in immediately, and and the comparison could be made right to a Justin Jefferson in Minnesota and what he did back in 2020, and the Packers would be looking for that level of production out of a kid like Chris Olave if they get him uh, in the middle of round one, Gary. Yeah, from the uh, whatever it's worth department, uh, Gutekunst, and, and that's nothing like about Gutekunst. He, he shows up at pro days, unlike um, a lot of GMs, and uh, he was at Ohio State. So to me, that's, that's just further indication that he's looking at uh, Wilson and Olave. Uh, the one guy that we, we didn't talk about at all, and, and I'd be shocked if they took him because they have Cobb 
and they have Amari Rogers is Dotson. I, I think this guy's a terrific player, but I, I just can't see him taking another uh, diminutive receiver uh, when they got two already on their hands. And Gary Sky Moore from Western Michigan falls into kind of into that same category, a top 10 wide receiver, I would argue, maybe a top seven or eight, you know, and, and, and but he's 5'10", 195. He's going to be a slot guy. You yeah. know, Dotson's the exact same thing. 5'11", 178. The real dilemma that you face if you're a GM, though, right, is, all right, maybe you've got a first-round grade on Dotson. Maybe you've got a first-round grade on Moore, these these two slot guys, and now you're at, at pick 53 in the second round, and one of them has slipped to you. And you know Randall Cobb has almost nothing left, and, and if you get half a season out of him, you're probably pretty fortunate these days. Um and Amari Rogers is has bust written all over him. And I mean, I, you I, know I, what? I guess, I guess Gary, they'll give him one more season to, to find out what you have there exactly. But, it, but if you've got a first round talent slipping to you in round two, just because you've got a couple of guys in the way at that position, do you bypass that player? Or do you think that player will eventually jump up and over those other guys? Yeah, to me, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily write off a Dotson or a Moore, for example, if they're sitting there later in that second round. And, and then oh, I, I know, agree with you. I, I wouldn't take in the first round. Had, right. And then, no, not in the first round. They're second yeah. round guys to yeah. me. No question about it. You know, and then Gary, what you do at that point in time, maybe you trade Amari Rogers, right? And you get whatever you can for him. And you understand that you're probably on the last year of Randall Cobb. And then by 2023, you know, Dotson is your slot guy moving forward. And you might have one of the best five slot guys in all of football. So, no, they're not number ones, Gary. They're not first-round picks, I don't think. I think these are guys that are probably going to go around 40 when it, when it's all said and done, which it, which puts you early to middle of the second round. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the run on wide receivers probably stops after – you know, that group that we talked about, Wilson, Williams, London, Burks, and Olave. There might be another guy that slips in there. George Pickens, we didn't talk about uh, out, of, out of Georgia, I, I think is a, is a guy with a chance. Again, he's he's coming off a medical year for the most part in this 2021 season uh, back at Georgia. But he's ridiculously gifted himself, Gary. Could Christian Watson slip into the late first round? He could. I mean, anything's possible. All it takes is one team to to fall in love with a certain guy. I think when it's all said and done, a safe number to guess Gary is six. And I think you'll see five of them going somewhere between like picks 10 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. You, you uh, mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast about how the Packers aren't the uh, only team that has a lot of uh, draft capital at their disposal. And uh, the other day when I was talking to an NFL guy, he claimed that the Cowboys and the Chiefs, that there is a real distinct possibility that they would try to move ahead of the Packers. And uh, I was told that the Cowboys <laughs> have their eyes on Burks. And uh, it, it, it's a long story, but, you know, Jerry Jones uh, attended Arkansas, played football yep. there. His uh, sons, his grandson, I think, was the backup quarterback at Arkansas this year. They apparently are, are, are very high in Burks. So, but but you're absolutely right. Uh, to me, if the Packers covet a wide receiver, they got to move up. They, they they just can't stand Pat because they they might be gone for number one and number two. Somebody might jump ahead of them to uh, 
you know, snare one of those receivers. Just, just so our listeners understand this better, let, let's go through this really quick. And, and, and it, just to emphasize the point again, how crazy this competition is going to be to get some of these wide receivers in the middle part of the draft and how much ammo some of these teams have. Okay, you mentioned the Chiefs, picks 29 and 30. And Andy Reid has been incredibly aggressive through the years moving around the draft board. I mean, we all remember him moving up to get, you know, he moved up about 20 spots to get Patrick Mahomes, right? Yep. He could easily package picks 29 and 30, you know, wind up with pick 10 out of that and get the wide receiver of his choice. All right, look at this, Gary. The Saints at 16 and 19. Do they need wide receivers? Desperately, they do. The Eagles at 15 and 18. They got one stud right now the 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 kid they got from Alabama last year who was who was the Heisman Trophy winner after that Gary they don't have anything right. 15 and 18 perfect spot for the Eagles to grab another wide receiver right the Jets the Jets are at four and ten they could take a wide out of ten they could drop back four or five spots right and take a wide out they don't have a lot of help right now for that young quarterback the Giants Gary at five and seven I think they've got greater needs I don't think they touch it but now the Lions at two and the Texans at three also have second first round draft picks. And I mean, Gary, can you tell me who the Lions wide receivers are? Can you tell me who the Texans wide receivers are? I can't tell you. I mean, Oh, other- you could because you're a badger backer and, and the Lions have a badger. <laughs> on. <laughs> All right. You under, you understand my point. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got up. I mean, it's crazy. We never have a draft, Gary, where there's eight teams with two first-round picks, which means there's eight teams then with no first-round picks. And and like you said, that doesn't even mention Dallas because Jerry Jones is always aggressive. And after trading Amari Cooper to Cleveland, yep. they're going to be looking to move up and, and get a wide receiver themselves. So this this fight, Gary, in that middle part of the draft to get up into that range for a wide receiver – you're looking at, you know, 10, 12 teams that are going to be vying to get up there and grab, you know, five or six wide receivers. It's, it's, it's not just one of these years where the Packers can quote unquote, trust the board and, and have somebody fall to them at a position of need. They are going to have to be uber aggressive when this thing is all said and done to move up there and, and get the guy they want. Again, whether that's London or Olave or Burks, they're going to, they're going to have to be on the move that day, Gary. Rob, this is going to be one hell of a fun draft. Uh, yes. You know, there's going to be a bunch of trades and start, starting with Green Bay. Uh, but let, let's move on to some other positions. Um, you, we, we talked about defensive ends. The one guy I would like to see them take uh, with their second pick is Carl uh, Loftus from Purdue. Now, you've seen a ton of Wisconsin games, a ton of Big Ten games. What's your take on him? Do you like him? Okay, so he'd be the you know he'd be an outside linebacker in Green Bay, Gary. You know he's only two sixty six. They're not, they're not going to get him up to two eighty five or two ninety to play, you know, to play defensive end. He's he's six four two sixty six. So he'd be that third outside linebacker, which again is is what I talked about earlier. And you know you, you would think the way Preston Smith's contract is structured, he won't be around a whole month, one or two more seasons at the most. They're going to have to sign Rashawn Gary to big time money at some point in time, which they will. He's a, he's a player on the up and, and the come. So they're, they're going to need somebody looking to the future here to pair with Rashawn Gary. I, I like Carliftus a lot, Gary. Uh, what, 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 what worries you a little bit is, 
is the overwhelming majority of his production kind of came against the Wisconsin. <laughs> no, the, 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 the far and away, the lesser schools on the schedule. Oh, so when he interesting. Saw, when he saw the big boys of the world, Gary, you know, the, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Penn States, uh, the Michigan States, you better put in Wisconsin, they, Rob. They neutralized them pretty good, and, and that worries you. That worries you a little bit as as a team. I mean, it's it's one thing to you know to to do to do it on a Saturday against a Mac school where you have three and a half sacks, but not you know now what can you do the following Saturday when when you see Ohio State or a, a national championship quality kind of a program? But it, he he's got a lot of positives. There, there's no doubt about it, Gary. Really young, really raw. Was was late to the game. You know, I, his coaches at Purdue have said he's asked questions like that a lot of eight-year-olds would ask, right? Um, he's he's that raw when it comes to football, but but he's got incredible upside, and a pick like that, Gary, would make sense for them at, at twenty-eight um, when you, when you start to talk about that third outside uh, linebacker, that third third edge rusher that that they're going um, to need to to pair with again Gary and Smith. No, he, he, he's a guy I like, Gary. If, if, if they left this draft, I'll tell you right now, with Olave and – Okay, and hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I want to make your predictions later, who, who you'd yep. like. Okay? No, Sorry no, to no. interrupt you, but we got to save and, that. Neither one of these guys are my predictions, Gary. I'm just saying if they yeah. left the draft with Olave and Carliftis, they, they would be doing well. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, some other uh, defense linemen in there. I, I, I still think Karloftis could play uh, DN, not on a regular basis, but uh, combination. But anyways, uh, a couple other guys. Logan Hall, more of a second-round pick. He could sneak his way late, Gary, in the, in the you know, late first round. I mean, that it, it wouldn't be a terrible reach of Green Bay. And, and, again, we're talking about the kid out of Houston, about 6'6", 285. He is more that prototypical – defensive end that you're talking about to add to the, yes. to the Lowry, Kenny Clark group. He, he's already a 285. And, yeah, and, and he probably could even play in the middle a little bit. So he um, absolutely could Gary, because he's already, he's six, six and he can add 20 pounds to that frame um, where they can get him to 300 plus pounds. No, he's, he's a guy who was really quiet his first three years in Houston or his first two years, Gary uh, played behind a couple other guys and, they they made the splashes and he he had a huge year in 2021 and 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 really broke out and and I think he surprised a few people that he decided to come out early Gary but but here he is and he and he's probably going to sneak his way into late first early second round territory I, I I'm a fan there as well Gary I, I I think that's a guy it's probably a little bit boomer bust uh, with with Hall there you, you might want him in round two instead of late round one. But uh, but he's he's a guy that could step in and, and really give him some immediate help on that defensive line. Yeah, let me throw a couple other uh, guys at you, Rob. Yes. Um, and personally, they don't move the needle, but they're all projected as as late first round picks. Uh, Wyatt from Georgia, Mafe from Minnesota, Davis from Georgia. Any of those guys move the needle for you? Wyatt, maybe Gary. I mean, just absolutely lit it up at the combine. Uh, ran, ran, ran a blazing time in the 40. I mean, his, his short shuttle, some of those other tested times were absolutely off the charts. Um, you know, Davis stole all the spotlight and the headlights there, uh, our headlines, Gary at, at Georgia, Jordan Davis is, you know, the, the other defensive lineman 
that we're talking about coming out of Georgia and probably was more highly regarded coming into their, you know, final years here together. Uh, and, and, and why it had a big breakout kind of season again, why it's got just prototypical size to go play defensive end in, in this three, four scheme too. six, three, three Oh seven. Um, just, a just, just a guy, I think Gary with a ton of upside. Now, Jordan Davis, the other kid out, out of Georgia has, has a, 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 just a ridiculous amount of athleticism himself, Gary, six, six, three, 41. And I, I think he ran about a four, eight in, in, in his 40 time. I mean, it, it was ridiculous what a 340 pound man yeah. was able to do in that, in that 40 yard dash, uh, there but um and, and again davis would give him some versatility gary because he could play on the edge and he could play nose mafe the kid you talked about would probably go to outside linebacker he'd be the third one again much like the purdue kid we just finished talking about here's another big 10 uh, you know outside linebacker slash edge rusher a guy who came on late again gary and in, in his career and in, in minnesota didn't didn't exactly set the world on fire early there so you always have some reservations a little bit when when guys have just one really good year of production and not two, three or four, something like that. Um, but out of those three that you just mentioned, Gary, I, I would like Wyatt a lot at pick 28. Okay. I, I totally agree. Um, let's talk uh, about some offense alignment. Um, the, the two guys that could possibly get to the Packers and there's no guarantee again, one is uh, Trevor Penning, uh, Offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, who uh, Bryce Pop, the former Packer, told me is great. Rob, he compared him a little bit to Tony Baselli, and uh, for Bryce Pop to bring Tony Baselli's name into the conversation about Trevor Penning, that 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 raised my antenna. And uh, then a couple other guys, Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa, and you got Zion Johnson from Boston College. Uh, Kenyon Green and Tyler Smith. I, I, I don't know if the Packers will be tempted to take those guys, but I find Linder, Linderbaum to be really, really intriguing. He's a center, and centers traditionally don't go in the first round. I think there's only been like three or four in the last four or five years. Um, but what I was told is that the Packers do have interest in him, and if they would select him, they would move Josh Myers to guard. And, of course, uh, the Packers took Josh Myers last year in the second round. And uh, I I think that would be interesting. I I saw Penning at the uh, Combine as well. And everybody's saying, like, he's undersized and he's got short arms. Man, I'll tell you, if if the Packers really believe that he could, you know, show up that offensive line, and I certainly do, I I think that would be a tremendous pick, especially at 28 if, if, if he slid to there. Gary, it's a really good group up top of, of offensive linemen. And, and mm-hmm. based on based on who Green Bay wound up taking, you know, it, it, it would give them a lot of options in, in terms of what they would want to do with, with some of their other guys. A lot of these guys have just terrific versatility that, that could go play two or three spots. And 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 like you said, then then you could you could move a Josh Myers if you wanted. You could move an Elton Jenkins. Uh, if, if you wanted, you, you'd have a lot of options. Yes. Um, if, if you are the green Bay Packers based on, you know, who you take, let's take Kenyon green, for example, uh, probably projected between picks 25 and 35, uh, a big offensive lineman from Texas A&M probably projects to guard because he's a mauler really good in the run game, Gary, six, four, three and a quarter. But 
he's athletic enough where he can bounce out and play right tackle. And I've had people tell me they might even start him out trying him at left tackle and see what the heck happens because he's got he's got long arms, huge hands. He's six four, three and a quarter. Not you, you want him six five or six six at that left tackle spot. So he's an inch or two shorter than ideally you'd want. You know, but but he's a guy, Gary, that would give you that level of versatility because you know he can play inside, you know he can play right tackle. And in a pinch, you could probably jump out and play left tackle. He played all four last year, Gary, at Texas A&M. He started various amounts of games at all four of those particular spots. You know, Penning, the kid you mentioned, out of Northern Iowa, really a late bloomer. The only reason he was ever offered a scholarship, Gary, at Northern Iowa is because they were chasing his brother. And and they wanted, you know, they, they knew the way to get the brother, who's a couple years younger, was to get the older kid, almost like, Marquette did at one point in time with the Housers or the Badgers have done it right now with, you know, with, with the Davis boys uh, on, you know, on, on the, on the basketball team, the Northern Iowa adopted that same philosophy when they, when they went for, uh, went uh, after the two pennings a few years back. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. And Gary crazy, crazy wingspan, you know, six, seven, three, 21. So he's going to gobble you up. He's a little raw, but he's far and away. He's considered, the nastiest offensive lineman in this draft. You know, I've, I've had scouts and GMs have, 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 have talked about just how, how far away the, the, this guy, and can we use the term badass on here, Gary? I mean, that he's just, absolutely he's a badass. <laughs> I mean, and, and he, not only does he want to win every single play, he, he wants to knock somebody onto the ground and, and, and keep them there and then stand over them and tell them about it. He's a, you know, he's a guy with just a, a boatload of attitude, Gary, and he's a fast riser, Gary. You know, he probably came into, you know, this this pre-draft process as a second-round guy, but he's been climbing boards ever since. As people study more and more film and as he had really good combine numbers, he's probably a guy now that's worked himself into the top 25 picks. If Green Bay would want a kid like Trevor Penning, Gary, they might have to take, take him with that 22nd pick. He might yeah. not be there at 28. Um, I agree. You, know, you mentioned Linderbaum from Iowa, and I'm with you, Gary. Centers usually don't go in the top 10 or 12 or 15, but this is this is a rare center. Um, I, I think if if most teams, Gary, take position out of it, just rank the best players in this draft and no in in order, Linderbaum's probably in everyone's top 10. Um, now he'll he'll drop five or ten spots because of the position he plays on the field. NFL teams don't value center the same way they don't value guards and inside linebackers and safeties and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll see three of you'll see three quarterbacks in the top 12 who don't deserve to go there, Gary, because of the value of the position. But Linderbaum's a guy. I don't know, Gary, if he gets to you at 22 and, and I, and I get it. They, they might, they might move Myers if they, if they could land a kid like Linderbaum, my best guess is after investing what they did, which was a second round draft pick last year on Myers, they're not going to move him. He's going to be their center moving forward. So I guess I'd be a little bit surprised if Linderbaum is the guy, but he has such a unique talent, Gary, that if he's on the board at 22, you know, never, never. it's a really good group. It's a really interesting group. There's going to be three options, you know, three, four options. If, If for green Bay sitting there at 22 or 28, that can, you know, guys that can come in and absolutely upgrade their offensive line. And, and again, they're going to need an upgrade. Um, and I think, Gary, they really need an upgrade on the interior because I'm not convinced today that starting the season with Runyon 
and Newman at the guards and Meyer at center is going to get it done. They might need an upgrade at, at one of those positions, you know, whether that's a Kenyon green at guard, for example, out of Texas A&M Zion Johnson, again, a really big, strong mauler kind of kid from Boston college could step in and play guard immediately and probably be better than Royce Newman would. So there, there's going to be a lot of options for him, Gary. I, I do think one of those first round draft picks though, is going to be on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, just a uh, real, real fast uh, synopsis on a couple of inside linebackers like uh, Nicobe Dean or Chanel or Muma from Wyoming uh, as, as well, Dean would probably be a first round pick, but the other two Chanel and uh, Muma would be second round picks like any of those guys. I do. But again, Gary, you, you're at a point where you're playing, you know, you're, you're playing for immediate gratification, right? And you're looking at this, you know, probably a two-year window, like we talked about with Aaron Rodgers, and and how do you get by the Rams and, and how do you get by Tom Brady and, and people like that? And, and I don't know that in, inside linebacker is, is the way necessarily to, to go and do that. So I, I, I like some of those guys, Gary, and if they fall into your lap at pick 53, or pick 59. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's wonderful. But, but again, I, I think in that, certainly in those first four picks that Green Bay has, Gary, they have far, far more pressing needs. All righty. We're uh, heading into uh, the two minute warning here. Rob, they have picks 22, 28, 53, and 59. Who would be your dream for selections? One guy you'd like for each of those spots. Well, Gary, can I do trades? Not yet. We'll 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 jump on that in a second. <laughs> Just right, if, they, I, if they if they stood pat at those spots. All right, Gary. If they stand pat, I again I, I think if they can somehow get Olavi at 22. Now I, I don't think they can, but if Olavi fall, you know, Olavi's gonna go in that 18 to 25 range, 16 yep. maybe mm-hmm. to 25 range. If he falls to them, Gary, at, at 22. I, I think they've done extremely well. And I think, I think they've got to start wide out Gary. I, I don't think there's any, yeah. I don't think they can screw around here and, and I don't think they can wait. Uh, okay. At if, 28. If, so at 28 Gary, I, I would probably go to the offensive line there. My best guess is, is, is a guy like Kenyon green from Texas A&M would be there for them and make a lot of sense. Like we talked about his versatility. So I, I I'm going to start with Olave and green. Why don't you do your Why don't you do your ones? Well, you, you and I are definitely on the uh, same page. I, I got a lobby. I mean that that I'm telling you, he's my number one receiver overall. I, I, you know, I spoke highly about him before, and I'll yeah probably be speaking highly of him for the next ten years. Um, Twenty eight. I like uh, another Big Ten guy, Karloftis. Yeah, and, and uh, again, will either of those two guys get to them? No, but uh, those are my two dreams, dream picks at that, at that stage. Gary, Gary, you know, it's, we do the, the, the fascinating thing about this NFL draft and it's better than every reality show you could ever put on TV yeah. is, is you just don't know. I mean, and, exactly. and all these mocks, everybody is just guessing, but at the end of the day, you know, we have no idea what the saints are thinking in the middle part of that first round or the Eagles Right. We have no idea what the Falcons want to do. 
uh, and when, when their pick comes on the board, right. Or, or, or the, what the chiefs are thinking at 29 and 30 and, and things like that. I, I think there's a really good chance on Karloftis getting to green Bay Gary at 28. I think the chances of, of Olave getting to them at pick 22 or maybe 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now second round, I, I mean, we're throwing darts here. But I'm basing this on, on their four needs. Okay, they got the wide receiver in Olave. They got the edge guy in Carl Loftus. Second round, I got a kid named Darian Kennard, offensive tackle out of Kentucky. And they took Muna, Chad Muna from Wyoming as a linebacker. Your two uh, second round picks? Well, I, I think they absolutely have to get a second wide receiver, Gary, and, and they might have to do it in, in, yeah. those, in those top three or four picks. And so – I, I think Christian Watson, the kid out of North Dakota State, he, he's a little bit of boomer bust. I think down the road, he could be an outstanding player. Um, if, if you somehow got Olave, Gary, now you've got your number one, I think, for, for the 2022 season mm-hmm. and worst number two. Um, Watson down the road is going to be a one or a two. It probably isn't going to happen this year because, again, he's raw coming from a small school. They didn't throw him the ball a whole heck of a lot there at North Dakota State. But but his speed and his size and his catch radius um, are so unbelievably impressive, Gary, that, you know, I think he's a guy who's probably going to go in the mid-40s. Green Bay's on the clock at 53. There's probably a chance Watson falls to them. Um, and Gary, I, I think he, I think he's potentially too good for them to pass up. So I would go wide receiver and them offensive line wide receiver is how I've started this thing. And then I'd find that then I'd grab that second edge rusher or sorry, third edge rusher outside linebacker that they need. Now, who's going to be on the board? We're not quite sure uh, right now, because I think he's a guy who's probably going to go out about pick 50. I, I think let, let, let's go with David Ojabo out of Michigan. That would, that would be a great pick. Yep. If, 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 they, he, if he falls if Gary, in the second round, I think they've done unbelievably well um, because now they've gotten two wideouts um, that I think one will play immediately and both will turn into really good NFL players. Um, they've, they've got an offensive lineman who can play guard or tackle, which covers their butts a little bit as, as they wait to see what Bakhtiari and Jenkins look like. Uh, in training camp and then they've gotten their third edge rusher so if, if they stand pat gary and can do all of that i think they've had one hell of a draft exactly uh this this is obviously going to be a fluid draft more so than any draft i can recall um we each get one trade pick here rob because we're running out of time here but um my trade pick would be taking number 22 their first pick uh in the in the draft and taking their top pick in the second round and moving up to number 13 to get Houston's pick. And uh, I looked at the uh, trade chart, and Houston's pick is 1,150 points. The Packers' first pick is 780. Their second pick is 370 uh, in the second round, the first pick in the second round. Do the math, and it comes up to Rob. 1,150 points. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Precisely what they could do to get yep. up to number 13. And then they could get the receiver of their dreams. Yeah, and they might have to do that, Gary, whether, whether that's Wilson or Olave or, yeah. again, London or, or whoever. And, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. 
Gary, what I would do if I were them, I would take that second first round draft pick, pick 28. Yeah. And maybe you need to throw in a third. Maybe you need to throw in a third and a fourth. But I would find a way to get DK Metcalf out of Seattle. I think the only way to catch these teams again that are above them in 2022 are to get some some grown men, to get some proven commodities. Um, I would still take a wide receiver with that first pick. Yeah. That you would have. You, you'd still have pick 22, your first number one. But if you could go to Seattle and, and, and Green Bay and Seattle have made several trades here in the last 10 years since John Schneider went out there. Of course, he's the ex-Packer front office guy, and he still has, you know, a lot of good friends and a lot of ties back to Green Bay. So go to Kunst and Schneider and made a number of deals. Schneider and uh, Ted Thompson made a number of deals. You know, Green Bay and Seattle have been trading partners for several years now, much like Ron Wolf was all those years uh, with, with the Raiders. And, and I would try to get Metcalf away from Seattle with that, with that second first round pick I have. And whether you have to, again, throw on a third and a fourth or whatever it takes and then take, and, and then Gary, somehow if Olave fell in your lap, if, if you could line up in 2022 with Metcalf as your one, Olave as your two, and then this other group of wideouts that they have, now you are back in the discussion to win the NFC and maybe even win the Super Bowl. Hey, Rob, uh, we're going to wrap this up real quickly, but I want to put in a plug for our ACE podcast editor, Joseph Iani. And uh, as you well know, Rob, Joseph is a workaholic and is always looking to drum up more podcast work and expand his growing empire. So if you know anyone who needs help on starting a podcast or has questions about an existing podcast, you can email him at Joseph underscore Iani, and that's spelled I-A-N-N-I at Outlook.com. Again, Joseph underscore I-A-N-N-I at Outlook.com. Joseph knows podcasting inside and out, and I'm sure he could really, really help your cause. Rob, it was a blast, and uh, thanks, as always, for your keen insights. Definitely looking forward to uh, chatting with you again after the draft. Thanks to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and WhipplesPressBox.com.